Well, good morning. It is Mother's Day, and how exciting it is to think about the importance of moms in our lives. You know, one of the things that I have always thought about Mother's Day is that mothers are those members of our society, of our families, that really so often are the most like God. Now, we call God our Heavenly Father, but, you know, maybe so many of His traits are, are like a mother that maybe we should call Him our Heavenly Father or Mother just, just for today, okay? I invite you to pause just uh, in this moment and let's pray together. Oh Lord, we just thank you today for, for moms. We thank you for those moms who taught us about you, who prayed for us. I thank you for, for Pastor Vicki's mom and the mom she is and, and passing that down on to her children and grandchildren. I thank you for the most important mom in my life, Colette, who has been a wonderful mom to our boys. And Lord, it is you they reflect when they do a good job at being a mom. And so, Lord, we just rejoice in those moms that you've made, restored them to your image uh, to do the work that you've called each of us to do. Thank you for moms. Lord, we also think today about those who are in harm's way, especially those who are uh, serving our country, uh, serving in hospitals, uh, the, all the frontline workers, and we just want to pray for their safety today. Lord, we are hoping and praying that we can get back to normal, and it might be a new normal. But Lord, I just pray that our closeness to you during this time would not be lost as we move forward. And so, Lord, I just thank you for those times. And Lord, I just want to pray for joy today, for joy for us all and for my friend Joy, who's recovering. Lord, I think about others who are recovering. I think about those who've been sick, those who've had surgery, and how difficult this time has been, and I just pray for them. We lift all of those up. We especially lift up those who are ill with this uh, virus. And Lord, I just pray for those families who are grieving today because they have had a loss. And so, Lord, uh, on this day, we also want to pray for the lonely, for those who perhaps are missing their mom today. And Lord, I just pray that you would lift us all up with great memories of our moms and that we too might behave like our Heavenly Father, who is also our Heavenly Mother. And so we thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church, and we are talking about restoration today. And I want to tell you about a fabulous restoration that I have come to know in my life, and it's a Mustang. It happens to be a 1964 and a half Mustang, which is kind of really a weird thing because they didn't really make a Mustang model year until 1965. But there are a few that were made early in April of 1964, and they maybe had an old Falcon 
uh, Ford Falcon engine in them, and it was a 260 rather than a 289, and some of you car enthusiasts will know what that's all about. But if you had the 260 engine, and, and they didn't have quite the alternator, they had a generator, the old-fashioned way to generate electricity for a car. And if they had that, then they're a 1964 and a half. Well, the restoration that I'm talking about is a 1964 and a half Mustang that, that my dad restored. He bought this Mustang when it was about 10 years old, 1975, and he paid $200 for it. It was totally trashed. It really needed to be restored. But they made a lot of those Mustangs, and so there were a lot of parts around, and, and so my dad started to restore this Mustang. It took him 20 years to get it done. As a matter of fact, the paint job alone on this Mustang was three and a half times what the original cost of the whole car was, about $8,000 for the paint job. And I looked at this Mustang, and that my dad did it. I, I remember he had us all involved in getting parts. One time, we brought a, a whole uh, quarter assembly, whatever that was, from San Diego to Seattle, so my dad would have an authentic part. He really wanted to restore it to its original uh, way it was designed and built. And so that's what he tried to do. Uh, I don't know if he took any shortcuts over the 20 years. And uh, this is the Mustang. If you're seeing it, uh, the photo today, that's me 11 years ago when I took possession of this car. You can see it's white with a white top. Uh, originally, it was kind of a pale yellow, so my dad painted it Wimbledon white, the color of the uh, Indiana uh, Raceway 500 uh, pace car that year, which was this same kind of a Mustang, a convertible too. So cool. That is such a fun car, and I've, I loved it so much. But it was this whole restoration process that my dad did that really impacted my life. And, and so I want to talk to you today about restoration. You know, we're all living in a time when we would like to be back to the way things used to be, to be restored. And so I want to share with you an event that took place in the Bible that explains restoration to us. This is John chapter 21, and we're going to be looking at verses 15 through 19. Last week, when we talked about um, uh, lockdown limbo, we talked about the disciples. They went fishing, and, and this is just following that fishing trip. Now is the next episode, and it's an episode of restoration in the life of Simon Peter. Here's how Jesus uh, conducts this time of restoration, beginning at verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Interesting in this first little process here, Jesus uses Simon Peter's full official name. You know you're in trouble when your mom calls you by your full name, okay? And that's what Jesus does, Simon, son of John. But he also takes him from being a fisherman to being a shepherd. And that's important in this whole process of restoration. Verse 16 says that Jesus repeated the question. 
Now, it's not good when your parents are having to repeat, repeat questions, so watch out for that. He says, Simon, son of, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. And then a third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt. Jesus asked him this question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Jesus went on, he said, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You, you dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you're going to stretch out your hands and others will dress you and, and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to, to let Peter know what kind of death he, he would glorify God. And Jesus told him, follow me. You know, Jesus met his disciples on the beach that day. Wouldn't it be great to go to the beach? Well, we're getting in trouble in California for going to the beach, but they're finally opening. But here's a picture. I like this shot because... It shows Jesus at the beach, ready for the disciples to come and have some breakfast. And, and he knows that there's going to have to be, be this conversation with Peter. Jesus already had breakfast ready for them. And this scene must have, have stirred Peter's memory and, and must have touched his conscience because surely Peter was recalling that first catch of fish and, and the feeding of the 5,000 with bread and fish. But the really big event was Peter by a fire in the temple courtyard on the night Jesus was arrested. At, at that charcoal fire, he might be re reminded of it by this fire. That was the fire that he was sitting by when he denied the Lord three times. Peter messed up by that fire. That's in that courtyard, and you'll see, you can see that story in John 18, 18. Peter denied the Lord three times, right there by that charcoal fire. And Peter needed restoration. And Jesus was the only one who could provide it. This next uh, photo shows you uh, Peter uh, with Jesus. You know, it's, it's just interesting that first Jesus is, in a loving way, allows Peter to dry off and get warm and to satisfy his hunger and to enjoy some personal fellowship. All this before his spiritual needs are dealt with. And that's a good example for us. That we, we need to follow that. When, when we're to care for God's people, certainly the spiritual is more important than the physical, but caring for the physical can prepare the way for spiritual maturity. Right now, a lot of us are on physical lockdown, and I hope we're taking advantage of that to grow spiritually, to have our full health 
spiritual, mental, physical, to all of that. God wants to enrich all those things. And so it's good to remember the past. All of us have, have taken things for granted. All of us have taken people for granted. And we have things that, that maybe we need to confess. We all need restoration. So today I ask you, remember the good old days? Remember the good old days when you could go out to a restaurant and you could sit down and you could have a meal with friends? Remember you could do that? Or you could go to a sporting event and, and cheer on your team. Or you could go to a play. We could go to church. Remember the good old days when we used to go to church? Well, this virus is keeping us from a lot of these wonderful things today. But I'll tell you, there's something much worse. And, and that's when we cannot enjoy real life because there's something that's blocking our way. That thing that blocks our way from real life is sin. And Peter messed up. He sinned. He lied about Jesus. He denied that he even knew him. And in that moment, so interesting, the scriptures tell us that a rooster crew. And that was the moment that it all came down on Peter, and he realized what he'd done. Peter had been following Jesus for three years, and he sinned. You know, we follow Jesus, and there's sometimes we sin too. We mess up. We sin. What do we do about it? Because we need restoration too. All of us have times when we need that relationship with God to be restored. And perhaps that's where you are today. Well, we have some good news. That's what the gospel is. It's good news. It tells us how to be restored. And here today it is, four steps in the path to restoration. Step one is to confess. Confess the sin and do that in prayer and do that right to God, to Jesus. Now, it, the Bible tells us that Peter and Jesus had already met privately before this meeting. So there's, there's no doubt that, that they had taken care of Peter's sin. It, it tells this story in Luke 24 and then also in 1 Corinthians 15 state that, that Peter had a meeting with Jesus on that very first Easter Sunday. And we don't know what happened in that meeting. Really, only Jesus and Peter know. But I can imagine that in that time, Peter began to get things straightened out. And I, I'm just sure there must have been some confession, some admission of sorrow and guilt, some apology. And so that's kind of the first step to restoration is to confess. The next step on the path to restoration is love. The, to answer this question, do you love me? That's, that's what God is asking you. God loves you so much that he was willing to let Jesus die so that your sins could be forgiven. That's how much God loves you. And so the question then comes to you from God. Do you love me? The key issue in is Peter's love for the Lord here. The key matter for us today 
is do I love Jesus? I, I have a granddaughter, Sharshar, and, and she says, we, we have this little game that we play when we're, when we're leaving, you know, and so one of us will say, I love you, and then the other one will say, I love you more, and then the next one will say, I love you to the moon, and I love you to the moon and back, and then the big ultimate, you can't even go beyond this, I love you to infinity and beyond. You know, we do that. So, so that's a lot of love. Well, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more? More than these? This question probably meant, Peter, you used to say you love me more than anybody else loved me. You, you claimed that you loved me more than these other disciples loved me. Do you love me that much, Peter? Do you love me more? Do you love me to the moon and back? Peter had boasted about his love for Christ. And, and he even contrasted it with, with the amount of love that he had compared to the other disciples. In John 13, 37, he said, I'm ready to die for you. And, and he brought a, a sword out. And, and when they were trying to arrest Jesus, you know, I'm, I'm ready to die for you. You know, I, I'm, and, and, and Jesus says, no, wait, stop. This is God's plan too. Another time in, in Matthew 26, 33, Peter said, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. You know, all those other guys might desert you, but who was the one who denied Christ and three times? It is Peter. These statements tell us that Peter thought that he loved Jesus more than the other disciples loved Jesus. Well, I don't think that was necessarily true. I think all the disciples had their failings during that time. It was tough. But they all loved Jesus. As we see that in their later lives, they were willing to live for Jesus so much that they were willing to die for Jesus. And most of them did die for their faith. Peter did love Jesus, and he was not ashamed to admit it. And, he, and he later he did die for that wholehearted belief that he had. So the path to restoration begins when we confess our sin, and then it gets expressed in love. But then it moves on. The third step is to serve. Jesus says, feed my sheep. Now both lambs, young sheep, and, and the more mature sheep need feeding, and they need leading. And, and, and that is the task of a spiritual shepherd. That's actually the word that we have translated into English today as the word pastor. Pastor literally means shepherd. And so we who are uh, called by that awesome responsibility to be a shepherd, we are to shepherd God's flock like a shepherd who would lay down his life for his sheep. Wow, that's, that is awesome. You know... Uh, we had a little adventure this last week. Last Sunday, Colette and I got in the car, we, and Colette made some little uh, pumpkin and, and, and pecan muffins, and, and we just started to drive around to some of the, of the, of the people's homes in the, in the church, and we got to see him. Uh, most of the time, uh, we saw him in the yard, standing right by the car, and but we got to see them. And, you know, it's so interesting because several of them said, 
well, we get to see you, you know, like we're watching you every Sunday. And I, that's so encouraging. But I didn't get to see them. And so it was, it was so great to drive around and see some of our folks. Some of our folks have been really, really doing very well staying at home, not going out hardly for anything or at all. And it was so great to see them. And, and they were blessed to see us, and we were blessed to see them. We just had a great time. Uh, I got to see them, and it did me a lot of good. I needed to. So on Tuesday, we decided to do this again, and this time we drove the Mustang, and we drove around to all the houses with kids from our church. And we didn't get to see them all, but we saw a lot of them, and some of them we got to give rides, and we gave out M&Ms to them, and so they were glad to see us. But it was great. It was so fun. And they were so happy to see us, and they were so happy to, to, to go for a ride in the Mustang. And, and you know, it just did me a, a world of good to see our people. Because I realize I care for them like a shepherd, and it's right that I do that. You know, the enemies of God, they come and they want to destroy the flock. So the shepherd has to be alert and courageous, ready. Look at what it says, what Peter wrote in his letter that, that goes by 1 Peter. This is verse 2 of chapter 5, where Peter says, Care for the flock that God has entrusted you. Watch over it willingly not grudgingly, not for what you get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. When we confess our sins, when we have love for Christ and we feel His love for us, then we want to serve. That's what we do. That's a step of restoration too, serving others. If, if, if you're tired of just being alone and doing all this uh, a social distancing thing, find a way to serve somebody. I, I, I'm so encouraged by those who are doing that. So one more step. The path of restoration leads us to follow. Pastors, by the way, there's no way you can be a pastor and lead others without first following Jesus. And so all of us are asked to give our lives to God. We are, we are literally, sometimes literally and figuratively, we are to, to die to ourselves and to live for Jesus. Now, when a, when a person has settled the matter of death, then they're ready to live, and then they're ready to serve. That's when you know you're really following Jesus. Well, I don't feel like doing that today. Well, guess what? You die to self and you live for God, so you do it anyway. I think that all of us can relate to that after being a Christian for a while, that we do things maybe we don't want to do. We do it to serve God. We do it to serve our people, to serve one another, to show love. And it's right that we do that. We can only follow Jesus if we follow him all the way to death and into new life. I love this verse from Romans. This is Romans 6, 13. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you are dead 
but now you have new life. So use your whole body, use your total self, that means, as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. We are to, to take these steps of restoration in order to really love, serve, and follow God. And it all begins with confessing our sins, getting that relationship right. Restoration. It, it is a symbol of hope. It is a renewal of faith. And we confess and love and serve and follow. Now, I want to tell you something else about what that Mustang restoration did for me. You see, my dad, he was a mess up. He, he messed his life up and, and he messed up his family. Uh, he, he was not particularly uh, equipped to be a dad and he struggled at it. Uh, alcohol became very important, but it, it wasn't the alcoholism. It was what drove him to the alcohol, but it, it messed up his life. And I began to wonder as a young man, could my dad do anything right? One time he told me, uh, my dad left our family and, and found another person and started a new family. And he had two other sons. And he said, you know, he felt good about that because I got another chance to be a dad again. And I remember he told me that, and I think, well, great, that didn't really do much for me. Where were you when I needed you? And so I was kind of mad at him. And God used this Mustang, of all things, to show me that my dad could do something good. My dad took 20 years to restore that car, and he did a good job. It's a fun thing, and our boys love to go for a ride in that Mustang. My dad would never let me drive it while he was alive, but after he was gone, nobody else wanted it, and so it came to me. And I think probably because it's a symbol of restoration. God did some great things in my life to make it possible for me to have a restored relationship with my dad. And he was a real mess up. But later in his life, in the last 35 years of his life, he escaped alcohol and he became a different person. And it was during that part, that time, that he did the restoration on the Mustang. When he started to do odd jobs and, and became a kind of a handyman, and he came to my house and he did a few jobs with me. And, and, and so I began to see that, that my dad could be a dad. And God restored that relationship between me and my dad and it's made all the difference. I have fond memories of my dad today and that wasn't always the case. And I want to be a better dad because, because God brought other dads into my life. Uh, Colette's dad and and Bob Arneson, a, a man who is just terrific in my life, and showed me what, what, a, what a man ought to be. You know, I appreciate my mom today, this Mother's Day, because she was always steady and faithful. She didn't always do everything right, but she took care of us. She stood by us. She stayed after my dad walked out. And so I find 
myself just letting you know how important it is that, that we have relationships that are restored. And many of them can only be restored by Jesus. Because Jesus is in the job of making restoration possible. Jesus restored Peter. Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't feel worthy to be crucified right side up. Wow. It, this happened in Rome, and he lived the rest of his life from this moment on the beach with Jesus, giving his life for Jesus. Jesus restored Peter. Jesus can restore you. I invite you to just pray with me right now. And our prayer is going to need four things. It's going to need confession and love and a willingness to serve and follow. Would you pray with me? Oh, Jesus, I thank you so much for what you did in Peter's life that day. What you have done in my life through godly men and women who have come alongside and been a parent to me and helped me know that I could be restored to the image of God. And Lord, I know that there's some right now who just feel like their life is messed up or they're a mess up. And, and Lord, I just pray with each of them that we might just right now confess any sin. Confess our sin and say that we're sorry for it and accept your love. And say, I'm willing to live my life for you, to serve you, and that I will follow you if you will lead me. If, as we say that prayer, Lord, I know that you will restore us into the very image of God. And we thank you for that. May your will be done in us. May we, like Peter, be bold to proclaim the kingdom of God and live for you. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you and honor you on this Mother's Day. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you. Uh, if your mom is available, I hope that you'll greet her with uh, great love and appreciation. And if not, then maybe you'll just take some time to think of some wonderful memories of your mom. God bless you this week. May we be restored and serve one another in love.